had asked to me from friends and family and was it was it harder when it fell out the second time and and I sort of said to them I was like yes and no it sort of it, it was it was a different set of emotions I sort of felt because the first time came confusion and questions and you know feeling scared and like a lot of anxiety and stuff and the second time it was like well I, I know what this is but this time now I feel disappointment and what like I felt a bit more sorry for myself the second time I think because I felt a bit like why give that to me and then take it back away again and that that made me feel made me feel sad Welcome everyone, my name's Naomi. You're listening to Talk Hair Loss with Alopecia UK, where we share our conversations around all things hair loss. We'll be talking directly to those in the alopecia community to hear firsthand the ups and downs of living with hair loss. Well, hello everyone. Thank you for joining me. Today we're going to be talking about alopecia areata and the experiences, some similarities and some differences of regrowth. First things first, I think it'd be good if we could go around and all introduce ourselves just with our names, maybe when you first developed alopecia and briefly what stages of regrowth you've been through. So I'll go first. (laughs) Uh, My name's Naomi and I first developed alopecia areata when I was around 22 in 2014. It started as sort of one or two patches on the side uh, in, I think it was the March or April time. And by the end of April, pretty much most of the hair on my head was gone. And then by the July, my eyebrows and my eyelashes went too. So at that point I had alopecia universalis. So all my body hair and everything had gone as well. And I stayed at alopecia universalis until I think around September of 2015. So about a year and a half. And then I started sprouting some very random white hairs on my head, um, very long spindly white hairs as well. (laughs) It was a bit strange to begin with. Um, And it slowly regrew, uh, but it was very fine and I still had some patches. And it was like that until about mid 2017, I'd say. Um, And at that point, I'd say I had a full head of hair, but it was albeit very thin and obviously very, very short. It was kind of uh, only just to the nape of my neck. Um, And then it did get thicker and the patches filled in. But then by the September, the patches were back again. Um, And then they got quite widespread and I decided to shave the rest of it off um, about mid 2018, so about a year later. Um, and really, since since that point for me, it's been a bit of a mixture of good regrowth, sometimes big patches appearing, choosing to shave it off and then letting it grow back. Um, and now I did decide to actually let it grow back over lockdown to see where I would get to. Um, and I actually have probably the thickest and longest hair that I've that I've ever had since it regrew. Um, but then in the last few months, the patches have come back again. Uh, so I've got quite a big one in the middle and quite a lot through the back of them in my hairline and things like that. So they are kind of coming back again, but I'm kind of keeping my fingers crossed and hoping that some of the regrowth that I do have will be able to cover it, but obviously we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, so that's sort of my growth and loss experience, I guess, in a bit of a nutshell. Um, Amy, are you happy to tell us a bit about yours? 
Yep, so I'm Amy and I've had alopecia since 2007 was the first time I was ever aware of what alopecia areata even was and at that point it was two small coin size shaped patches back of my head around the size of I think about a 50 pence piece both of them just the two um went to the doctors told me it was alopecia areata told me it would grow back and it did grow back um I experienced basically full regrowth on those two patches and um thought nothing more of it and then fast forward to three years later in 2010 and I was 27 at the time and it was very different at that point it was coming out in in far um quicker um than it than it did before um, it was shedding kind of more all over so the patches were a lot bigger they weren't the typical kind of coin size bits it, it felt very different and indeed it was so it started falling out in the February and by the July of the same year it had pretty much all gone uh, in the July I made the decision to shave the last straggly bits that were there um, I actually did it as a sponsored thing raised some money for a local cause didn't know about alopecia uk at that point um and i have to say um all the generous family and friends that gave me lots of money to do that looking back i think i conned them because i didn't realize mm -hmm. by the of me actually doing it just how little there would be so at that point it was buzzed off it took all of about two minutes just to get rid of the hair that was there and over the next kind of few weeks that followed, everything else followed too. So my eyebrows, eyelashes, body hair, apart from never lost my underarm hair. That is something that has always stayed with me and something that remains an absolute bugbear that that could never have gone. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so we're now, what, 2021. Um, so it's kind of 11 years to have, of having extensive hair loss. But then during that time, I have had degrees of regrowth. So um, it was about 18 months to two years, somewhere around that point of, of having what was considered universalis. Although, as I said, strictly speaking, I did still have a bit of hair. Um, my hair started coming back, similar to what you said, Naomi. I think originally it was some um, white kind of, again, almost what I didn't even recognize as hair that first came through. And then it quickly darkened and, and quickly, as I say, got a little bit thicker started off really really patchy and so I, at that point I wasn't comfortable with that growing because I didn't really like the appearance of it so I'd keep it buzzed short and then um, it started coming back a lot thicker and then just to keep it kind of short over the past um, like say nine years I've got nearly got a full head of hair twice and when I say a full head of hair I mean a covering all over um, and I think the longest they ever got it to grow was about two inches before again the patches would appear and it would start falling out again um, and so because I've had that twice um, and we'll, well I know we'll go into more detail about it so I won't go into too much now I've decided then to keep buzzing it back and at the moment um, and again it seems to be more extensive at the moment I've got a lot of bigger patches than the bigger areas of regrowth so a really mixed bag um, I, I say I, I think I now consider myself very much as my Instagram profile would be, uh, would, would tell you, a patchy-headed girl. Um, and I've, as I've, I've kind of come to terms with, I think, the fact that that's, that's my head now. I have a patchy head. Yeah. That's me. Great. Thank you, Amy. Um, Neve, are you happy to tell us a bit about your, your journey so far? Yes. Um, I got alopecia in around 2014, as I was just turning 14. And... I originally started with just like a small patch that my mum noticed and so she went to the doctor did the whole 
you have alopecia. Um, and then I got a few more patches after that. But then I was really lucky that they grew back. But since I've always had a few patches here and there, and I had that for maybe three years until it started getting worse. And so now I get massive, larger patches, which like they kind of like merge all together. Um, but I just wear wigs because I just find it easier. And then now it's almost, my regrowth's almost on like a cycle. So my hair will like grow back. I always have like a few small patches, but then it always tends to fall out again. So I always have patches. So I'm like, I kind of just call myself a little patchy hair too. <laughs> and that's just pretty much it at the moment. Thanks, Neve. It's interesting what you were saying about the cycle thing, actually, because I think that we've heard that a few times from, from people saying that um, they can almost track their hair loss sometimes by seasons or sometimes by like year to year and stuff like that. So it's um, it'd be one of those that would be interesting to, to get some data on at some point, definitely. Um, and Jenny, are you happy to, to say a quick hello and, and tell us a bit about your journey so far? So I first lost my hair in 2011. Um, I was 25, went to the hairdressers, they found the patch. I had no idea what other piece it was. I sort of left it for a few weeks, got my hair cut again, sort of six weeks later, a couple more patches had come out because I looked back of my head, I could never see them. So after that, I went to my doctors, I asked them about it. They told me it was alopecia, not to worry about it, it will grow back. And that was it, so I left it. And at the time, I was going for a lot of medical issues anyway, so I was under sort of different doctors and so on and so forth. And then by the November, I noticed patches had started to appear at the front of my head and at the side of my head. So I spoke to one of my doctors. They told me again it was alopecia. It's probably due to the stress of what I was going through at the time. Um, not to worry about it. Once all the treatment that I was having was over, would it would grow back? Um, by sort of mid-November, early November, yeah, it was early November, it was coming out in clumps. Like, literally, I'd put my hand through my hair and it would come out and that would be it. So I then shaved it all off. By the time I got round to seeing a dermatologist late November, um, they just said, there's nothing we can do at the moment. It's too extensive. Um, but it will probably grow back. It didn't. I asked, I remember sitting there and saying, will I lose my eyelashes will I lose my eyebrows and they said no 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 no. they'll still stay about a month later I lost my eyebrows a month later after that I lost my eyelashes um so that stayed for sort of like eight years I had two very 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 small periods of regrowth which were sort of like fine hair which turned into a few patches of stubble and I still remember being on the way this was sort of in about five or so years later and I remember being on my way to work putting my because at that point I was still wearing hats because it was so patchy and I remember putting my hand under my hat to scratch my head and hair falling out as I did and I was on the train and I was just like oh my god <laughs> so that's when I knew that was coming out so that then fell out that lasted like literally a week or so um then I went completely no regrowth up until 2019 um and got married in the October, by the November, it had started to grow back again. 
And so I sort of left it and I saw what happened. And for a good, what, year and a half or year and a few months, it was full. Like I had a full thick head of hair. My eyebrows grew back. My eyelashes grew back. At that point, I didn't lose any body hair as such. Um, I lost my nose hair the first time around. That grew back, I assume. And then um, that grew back. Started working in a hairdresser's. Had massive fun with getting my hair done because um, you get it done for free <laughs> and you know really enjoyed it got used to it all again and then just before we went into lockdown I remember having my hair cut by one of the stylists and said right I want to grow it out this time I've kept it short because I always had that fear it'd fall out again so I kept it short got it cut and said right I'm going to grow it out this time and then just before Christmas just after Christmas noticed it started to fall out again and I thought it was just because it might have needed to be cut again or something like that. And then by the January, patches started to appear. And then by early February this year, um, more patches started to appear. And then by that point, I, again, it was the putting my hands through my hair, brushing my hair, coming out like, thick and fast. Um, middle of February, I shaved it off. And then within the space of a month, I lost everything. And so I've now lost literally all the hair on my body it's totally and that is a massive thing now because I haven't the first time around I didn't I only experienced like heads eyebrows eyelashes nose hair this time it's literally everything and that's from December to say what end of March so it's been a really really quick one so I've not had that kind of like patchy stages it's just kind of come back grown and then all falling out again <laughs> so it's quite quickly so yeah that's me yeah that's a really like you say quick succession to go from from one to the next and especially yep. that time period that you had between the sort of first initial loss and that regrowth and like you say all coming back because I think something that we get asked quite a lot and and comes up in things like our Facebook groups is can it grow back years later we hear from people all the time where that's that's the case where you could have one little patch and then you might have nothing for for years and then you might experience it again or vice versa you might lose it all and have no hair for for ages and you know even in just our small group you know talking about this we've all got a bit of a different track is is different for each of us so it's really interesting to hear about um everyone's stories i think it'd be really uh, interesting especially hopefully for the listeners as well to know a bit about um, treatments basically and if anyone had any um, has any is anyone having any now so I don't know if anyone wants to kick us off with any experiences of of treatments I'm happy yeah. to kick things off yeah. and talk about my experience only because my experience is, is pretty <laughs> much nil or yeah. very limited indeed so um, so back to when I was talking about having just a couple of small patches in 2007 and the doctor telling me quite confidently that they would grow back and sure enough she was right so I'll give them that they got that one right and um, there was no treatment offered for that I was just told to wait and see and it would grow back and it did and then in 2010 when the hair loss was quite different in that it was falling out a lot faster and it was shedding a lot more quickly the first thing that I was offered was a um a steroid cream I can't remember the name of it it will have been one of the, the various ones that crop up all the time in our Facebook group I'm sure um and I was told to apply that um daily I think even maybe twice daily it's a long time ago I can't quite remember I remember following the instructions and I remember feeling at the time 
that I, in my heart of hearts, I kind of didn't feel it was going to make any difference. I think at the point of me applying the cream, so much of my hair was falling out. It just felt counterintuitive. It didn't feel like this was the right thing to do. I think with me, I always felt, well, whatever's happening, it's happening inside of me that's causing my hair to fall out. And I never felt that, that putting a cream on my head was ever going to do anything. But I, I, I say I followed the the advice that was given to me. And then by the time I got to see a dermatologist um, to discuss any other treatments that potentially you know might be available, um, apart from obviously anything that was given to me by the GP, um, I was told that the hair loss, excuse me, the hair loss was so advanced by that point that it wasn't something that they could offer. Basically, I think steroid injections was something they may have considered if I'd been able to, you know, have been seen sooner. Um, but because it was so expensive by the time that they'd seen me, that wasn't offered. And there was nothing really, anything, anything else that anyone said to me. So from then on, I just kind of assumed, well, that was it. There wasn't anything else I could, I could do. And then later on down the line, um, I, I saw a, a dermatologist with a specialist interest in hair loss. And it was at that point that I'd already experienced quite a lot of regrowth, um, just spontaneously with no treatment at all. This is one of the times I was talking about where I was saying how I'd had a lot of regrowth, but didn't quite have a full head of hair. And I'd been to see this dermatologist um, with a view to, well, this has happened. And I was quite excited about the regrowth. Um, and he, he was very confident that if I'd have, um, if I'd gone forward for something called DCP, which I can never pronounce the full medical name of that treatment, but I think it's bifensiprone, um, or something very similar. Um, if I tried that, he was very confident he'd be able to fill my patches in. But then when I looked into it and I looked into the treatment and the fact that I would have had to go for a weekly, um, appointment to have this treatment. And it was going to be something that um, I would have to take time off, off my job to do it. And at that point, I was working in an office and it, it, it basically was a big commitment. But then also it was the fact that when I looked at the success rates for it and I looked, I read into it a bit more. and I was finding that for lots of people, once you stop the treatment, hair would fall out again. I kind of reasoned with myself, well, my body had got me my hair back without me doing anything. And I was prepared to see if essentially the rest of it would sort itself out just naturally and obviously it didn't but yeah my kind of view with some of the treatments that were offered to me I was never convinced that that essentially they were going to do more than what my body could do anyway I suppose so that's my experience it's really quite limited I suppose in treatments but I think it's based on very few options were ever offered to me yeah I think I, I mean I have something quite similar to be honest in that um I went from sort of patches to by the time I got in to see the dermatologist, pretty much non-existent hair on my head at least. And so I was offered yeah, a steroid cream and a steroid foam, I remember as well, which I really hated. And it didn't appear to do all that much. And then when the dermatologist saw me, they you know, I had a very blank experience with the dermatologist of, you've lost your hair, it will never grow back. Um, and I would love to see that dermatologist now and just be like, well, <laughs> so it's doing something. And yeah, so they, they told me that and she said, you know, we, we could, similar thing, we could have given you steroid injections in patches if you'd, if we'd have seen you at that point. But yeah, so I, I essentially tried that and thought, well, that's, that's it. I've been given everything that I'm allowed and the hair loss is too extensive. So um, I'll just have to have to leave it, I guess. And then 
weirdly, when I lost it the second time, or when I was starting to lose it the second time anyway, I basically decided to go back to the dermatologist at that point because I thought, well, my body's obviously doing something. I'm not sure exactly why it's regrowing or why it's falling out again, but it's doing something. Um, and I decided to try the, the steroid tablets, but I didn't have some very nice side effects from that. And so I don't think I really gave it enough of a chance. Um, and then I sort of came off it. And, and that, again, like you, Amy, was sort of the end of my experience with, with treatments, really, because I noticed that my hair could obviously do something without it. And I sort of was that weird on the fence bit between like wanting to just let my body do what it needed to do. And obviously then still that want to get the hair back. So yes, that was sort of where my uh, treatment experiences sort of end. Jenny, I don't know if you've had any experiences with any treatments over the, the course of your experience. Yeah, so when when I first lost my hair, um, they offered me sort of the usual steroid creams and stuff like that. And, you know, I gave it a try, got nothing out of it. Hair was still falling out, very much like you, Amy. It was still falling out and it was just making it worse. Like, they're, they're horrible things to use. So I stopped using that soon after because I thought, you know what, it's not doing anything different. It's taking me more time in the morning. And then it's made, it was making me less confident to what my hair looks like. And then sort of after I'd lost sort of the bulk of my hair and shaved it all off, they said to me steroid injections, which I instantly sort of turned down. I was like, you're not putting a needle in my... I mean, I've, got, I've not got a fear of needles. I've got hundreds of tattoos. But I, the thought of somebody sitting there injecting into my head, I was just like, you're not doing that. And they said to me, because I had no patches, they were like, oh, we can just choose spots. And I just had visions of just like bits of hair coming out of my head. So I just went, you know what? And, I, and then they said about the steroid tablet. So I took those and I did the full course and it was the worst thing I ever did. It, like I had all the side effects that you get with steroids. So like, you know, I had weight gain and my face was all puffy and I was like the Hulk with food. Um, I remember going to like Toby Carvery breakfast, like the all you can eat. I did like three plates of it and I was just like eating and eating and eating. I was just like, well, you know, you reduce down. That was like the first couple of weeks when you're on sort of like 3,000 tablets a day and I got no response from the steroids so no hair growth and after that I sort of just said do you know what I don't want to make myself feel worse for the small chance that I might get some hair back yeah I think there's also a certain um mental capacity that we have that we weigh in like you were just sort of saying like when you've got like a full-time job and maybe family and all of those sorts of things to to consider as well to take the mental space to then put treatments on that and then the hope that you put on those treatments working and stuff like that when we know like you say that you know there's no cure treatments can, can work for some people and can work for others and maybe even can work sometimes for the same person and then not a second time so it's like there's so much unpredictability in all of that experience that like you say you've got to be um in a really amazing position to kind of put yourself in that and it, you know it all comes down to how our personalities differ and what people can deal with um Neve, what about you what's your experience with sort of treatments and things um, so I went to a dermatologist and they suggested a steroid cream and the steroid tablets. So I did that. The steroid cream didn't do anything for me. It didn't help me at all. Um, and then I took the 
Corsetan tablets and they just made me so tired all the time. Um, but I kept with it and then I did get some regrowth. But I don't know if that was whether it's because of the tablets or myself. And then I uh, didn't see a dermatologist for a while and then I got more patches. And then, but they managed to, some of them like grew back on their own. Uh, and then a year or so later, it came out really bad. So I had quite significant patches. So I went back to a dermatologist. He recommended steroid injections. And so I thought, why not? I mean, I think I was 15, 16. So I kind of said yes to anything because I was just so young. Um, but they didn't work. And then I think I got a little dent in my head from them or something. But they didn't work. And so I was just like, do you know what? I was not going to try anything else because I, I said a similar thing. If my body has allowed my hair to grow back itself, why am I going to pump something in if it may or may not work? So I kind of just left it. And then last year I went to a dermatologist. Lost me for a second. <laughs> While we try and get Neve back, I, I was just going to say that um, I, I, think, I think in terms of one of the most frustrating things and the most difficult things around treatments is exactly what we're saying. We never know for sure whether it's the treatment that gives us the hair back or whether it was already on the way back anyway. The fact that the, the very spontaneous nature of alopecia areata means Just that- before the lockdown happened and they oh. recommended this. <laughs> You're back, Neve. we lost you for a minute. <laughs> I was gonna say, I think my Wi-Fi keeps going funny. No worries. No, no worries. I was just filling in a bit of a gap by saying that one of the frustrating things is that you never know whether the regrowth that you get is as a direct result of the treatment or whether it was something that was coming back anyway. And that's what makes conversations and decisions and everything around treatments, I think, just so difficult. And, you, and I think the other thing we never know, we never know whether we're doing the right thing. And I think a lot of the time the choices are on us. Um, and I can only imagine, Neve, like what you know, the, the kind of choices you were making as such a young person. Because you know, I, I feel like you know, I had a few years on you when when I lost my hair, and I was still feeling you know a bit lost in terms of what what decisions to make and what to do. Um, so yeah, I think that yeah, that's that's something that was quite challenging. I think, but um, but the, the steroid injections, with would you, would you do them again? Um, in knowing what you know about them now, like would you, would you make the same decision? No, I wouldn't. No. They're definitely not w worth it. Were they painful? I personally didn't think they were. Right. Like they, they were doing it and I didn't actually realise, like you just feel it. Yeah. But there was no, I personally didn't think there was any pain to it. Uh, okay. But That's something yeah, I've always um, been, more... yeah, I've always been curious as to how much it would, I'm a bit of a wimp when it comes to needles, but <laughs> the idea of them in my scalp, I don't know, it just feels an, an odd, I wonder if it would be an, an odd sensation. Yeah, I'm with you there, Amy. When, so when you first lost your hair and when it started to grow back, what were your emotions towards it? Do you know what I mean? Like, was it uh, happy, anxious, you know, was it confused? Like, what, what were those initial feelings when the regrowth first started for people? Um, for me, it was... I I was in a really, really good place when my hair started growing back. It did take me a good few months to get really used to it. And obviously then when I started working in the hairdressers, um, you know, I, I got fully used to it because, you know, I could do what I wanted with it then. Um, and it was, 
the weirdest thing was like it took me months to get used to it months and then by sort of last year fully used to it fully found like what style I wanted with it I always had it in the back of my mind going this could fall out this could still fall out you know do what you want with it but it could still fall out but I got used to it really happy with it really confident in myself with it um didn't like the gray hairs but you know we we covered them um so that was fine and then when it started to fall out again my initial reaction was right I've done this before so I'm going to be fine and people were going you've got all these great wigs you can wear all your wigs again you can do this you can do that and I thought yeah yeah I'm going to be fine the week after that's when I fell apart that's when I just absolutely crumbled and I just couldn't cope with it and it just destroyed me and I became really open with people saying how much I was struggling and I still always get back that you've done this before you've done this before and it was all that you've done it before so you're going to be fine and so on the outside I was sort of saying right okay maybe they're right and on the inside it's like yeah but this doesn't feel like it did before it's been a bigger it's almost been more upsetting this time than it was the first time around because I know what it is and I know what's happening. So I have no questions over it. I've just got all the emotions with it. I, I was going to say, actually, I, I was intrigued to hear from people what they felt like, like you said, that loss the second time. And because it's something that um, I've had asked to me from, you know, friends and family and stuff of, you know, was it, was it harder when it fell out the second time? And, and I sort of said to them, I was like, yes and no. It, sort of, it, it, was, it was a different set of emotions I sort of felt because the first time came confusion and questions and, you know, feeling scared and like a lot of anxiety and stuff. And the second time it was like, well, I, like you sort of said, Jenny, like, I know what this is, but this time now I feel disappointment and sort of... Um, you know what like I felt a bit more sorry for myself the second time I think because I felt a bit like well you know why give that to me and then take it back away again that that made me feel like um made me feel sad um so it's it's a completely different set of emotions and I think equally the second time I had a support network that I didn't have the first time so first time I experienced it felt like I was the only person in the world going through it second time it was like I was in touch with Alopecia UK at that point and it was like well look at all these other people that are going through it as well and you know now I have people who understand and practically wise I had things like wigs and the makeup and I, and I knew all of that so you know it's a for me it was a bit of a, a mixed bag what about Neve? what about for you so what was it do you feel like it was is it harder this you know, the rounds of hair loss that you've sort of described or have you sort of got used to it now? I think when I first had my first lot of hair loss, because other people in my family have alopecia, but they have like completely full hair loss. But so obviously I just saw that and was like, that's going to be me. Mm -hmm. Obviously I didn't know because I only had one or two patches. So like, and obviously I went to the doctor and I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. And and just said that but after in the back of my mind I was like I know that's not always true because it's so unpredictable then my hair grew back and I was like oh maybe they are right it might be fine and I, so I was quite positive about it but I was always still aware like I always told myself like don't set your heart on it and I think because I did that 
I just kind of protected myself a little bit. Obviously, I know, like, you're, I, I, like you always have a bad day. You think, why is this happening? It's happening again. It's just another cycle. It's like the same thing every year, the same time, like, roughly. Like, like why? But then I just remind myself, like, I've got wigs. I've got, like, hats. You have all these other choices now. But then I found that because the second time, or like a few times after that, like I knew people from Alopecia UK. I'd been to Alton Towers, met other people my age as well. Because I think that was a big thing because I only knew like adults who had it. Whereas like because I was a teenager, I was at school and it's that awkward age of like people start to judge you on your appearance. Whereas because I had friends my same age who I could just message, it made me feel a lot more confident. Like, my, I know my mum used to get excited. My mum's like, oh, your hair's growing back, your hair's growing back. And my response was, but you don't know if it's actually going to grow back. But I think, like, so she met other parents too. Mm. So, like, she learned more too from, like, other parents and, like, of, like, about Little Princess Trust and other different things that you could use. So from her learning other, from other people, she could also help me better too. Yeah. That, that's really you've 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 made me think of something, uh, Neve, there where you you're basically saying about the excitement of other people, and I'll be honest, I think that's where I found. So I talk about this these two these two times where I've nearly had my uh, full head of hair again during since I've lost it all, and I remember the the the, the loss after the first re the first full regrowth, shall we say? Um, I remember feeling just absolutely again I was I think I was more annoyed with myself that I was so upset because again at that point I've been volunteering for the charity for a while I've been doing lots of things I've been telling people sort of advice that you were saying they you know you were basically not letting yourself get too excited about regrowth you you were, it sounds like from a young age you were very good at managing your own expectations that's exactly the advice I used to give people but then in reality when it came to actually doing that myself it turns out I had got myself caught up in being excited because of my hair was coming back. And I think a big part of that was because everyone around me was super excited because my hair was coming back. And it was lots of conversations. Of, I even had people congratulate. I had two people like, oh, congratulations, as though I'd like done something. Like I'd won the hair lottery that my hair was coming back and well done you. And, you know, and again, people are very well-meaning. I think all this contributed to me actually getting involved in a bit of the hype and then so then when I had to fall out again it felt more crushing than the first time in some respects because the first time it wasn't hair that I was like so that everyone was feeling was the most precious thing it was just hair that had been on my head for years and I you know I didn't give it a second thought whereas the hair lost as part of you know regrowth from alopecia it was hair that you so very much you know it was precious wasn't it and and it felt like I think just such more you know a bigger disappointment when that went and and I'll be honest I think part of that was me being disappointed for everyone around me as well you know you're not just managing your own expectations you're managing those yeah. of others so yeah I, th I think that that was what was hard and, and the third time just to go back to so this, this when I had the regrowth again I told myself never again will I feel this way and I won't let it and I'd allowed myself to well I'm gonna let it grow again because these patches are all filling in and and I'll be honest, I've got to the point now where I think I have accepted that this is what my bad body does. But I think I also accept that as part of that, if there's going to be occasions where I see all these patches filling in and I just 
side like others have stood you know you, you make that decision to go well I'll see what happens this time I'll let it grow I think I have also reason with myself that part of that might be I have to accept the emotional roller coaster that goes with that because that that is just a natural way of dealing with it but equally it's going to take a lot for me now not to be keeping the it's it is a it's a hard one for me to deal with that oh it's back oh everyone's excited for me I'm a bit excited too for it then to disappear again that's difficult the other thing that I was gonna sort of say as well we're just we're sort of talking about some of the the struggles I guess a little bit something that I found hardest is that um this feeling of I think fraud's too strong a word but sometimes feeling a bit out of place then within the hair loss community as well and it's not because of anything that the community itself does because everyone's really welcoming and friendly and it doesn't matter whether it's one patch or total loss uh, you know how long you've had it and things like that we all understand how devastating experiencing it can be and yeah I still feel like sometimes if I've got hair and I'm doing things, it's like, I kind of feel like I need to justify myself a little bit where it's like, oh, but I did, I did once have this and like, oh, I do have that and things like that. And it's funny that as a person who I'd say was in a fairly okay space about that still feels the need to sort of explain myself in those situations. And I don't know if anyone else resonates with that a little bit. I took a proper step back with my hair grew back because I just felt that I was like, well, I've got hair now. And it felt really kind of awkward for me. And I don't know why, because it's not like anybody would have said, no, you can't come to the group because you've got hair. And I remember the last group that I went to after my hair had grown back was overseeing. This was like once lockdown and everything else had hit. And I remember being on Zoom and everybody in the group didn't have hair. I was the only one with hair. And I just felt really awkward. I was like, well, what am I... You know, I know I can give advice and I know that I can you know, speak to people about what I've been through and the regrowth and everybody was super happy for me, but I just felt really awkward because I thought, well, I technically don't have alopecia now. Mm -hmm. I think it was just because I thought, what can I offer now? What, you know, me like posting pictures going, look at my regrowth, you know, (laughs) while people are going, oh, it's all falling out. And I'm like, I was about to say, I was about to say, and yet, and yet actually what we, we, we find that people really, a lot from from the Facebook group is when people do share things mm. like that. I think it's I think I think I think what's really nice and what we need to try and encourage is is the fact that we actually all do see the big picture and we do see the fact that and and, and I think I suppose it's maybe that understanding of you don't just have alopecia when you're actually experiencing mm. the loss. It's even in those steady stages of of essentially having some hair, you've still under you you basically you've, it's almost like saying once you've got alopecia, you've always got alopecia, but I don't mean it like that. We, I say we know people for whom for, it is a one-off blip, but I suppose every, everyone carries that, that experience with them forever and that journey and that knowledge and that understanding. And I think there's always stuff that we can gain from each other. Um, and, and I say even myself, you know, again, an Alopecia UK member of staff for many a year now. And, you know, a, a few weeks ago, I did my own post in the group where I had my little whinge and I was allowed to go, guys this you know and I think that was mainly from the fact that you know I'm confronted a lot now with looking at my head and being on zoom and being very visible like I think I'd look at myself more now than I ever did pre you know kind of this electronic era of zoom meetings and I was seeing I was like oh my gosh look how much of my hair has now fallen out 
you know it, it was that kind of thing of look at it it's happening again but equally it, it's it's that thing of as I say knowing I'd like to think that if I get a full of head of hair this time next year I'm still able to share my experiences give the same level of support as I would if all my hair was gone one of the things I was going to ask or I was going to mention is and it's something I've found from being kind of like on Instagram and it feels like very much sometimes I think kind of like on social media and some of the stories that are told of alopecia it's still very much the the, the image that we get is the, the bald head basically and like total hair loss and I think there's more people with kind of at the eight AT or AU universalist stages that are more out there um, and I was wondering if anyone was thinking around kind of like do you feel represented and I was no, I'm, I'm sidetracking asking a question here, but it's kind of just led into it. And could we be doing more to get basically stories of regrowth and shedding kind of represented, I suppose? Um, what's anyone's thoughts on that? Well, I was going to say, um, it sort of ties into what you were just saying there about, um, you know, actually there's, there's a lot of people that experience regrowth and then maybe like step away from stuff, but maybe then have like other experiences as well. And I think that it makes some of our spa online spaces, for example, look like the only people with hair loss are people with total hair loss or people who've had it a really long time. And yet actually there's a huge proportion of people that don't have that, but they maybe once they don't anymore kind of are not necessarily in touch with the charity. And so their stories are the ones that, don't get shared as much mm. and so it was one of the very reasons that I wanted to kind of like do this episode was because you know a lot of um and it's you know don't get me wrong the representation and you know people with total hair loss it's absolutely fantastic yes. and very very welcomed but like you say then you want everyone to feel like they can see themselves in those stories yeah. the way to get that across I think is to do things like this or like you say it'd be great if we could get some more um, blogs and stories and stuff like that on the website of people who have um, maybe even like grown their head back completely and not experienced anything <clears throat> because you know not every hair loss story is the same and there's so many wide varieties of experiences that you know we don't especially when you're at the beginning because I don't know if you guys felt this but right at the beginning I felt like a I was the only one experiencing it but a that everyone that did experience it all experienced the same thing as well that like there was just one way for it to happen and that something that comes up a lot is people will say oh, I've lost a patch will I lose it all because you think that's the only direction that this goes in and it's just not always the case and the way to you know help people that awareness you know is to share those other stories and things like that so I think that is really important I think you you really right Amy there with the um with that side of things I think it'd be great to start seeing more more experiences and more different different experiences and stuff definitely i don't know if jenny and neve if you if you feel the same about that i think i agree completely especially when you first get it you do sometimes just look in one direction and think that's just what's going to happen whereas that's not always the case like i've chosen i was recently possibly thinking about shaving my hair but i decided not to because if we're still in a lockdown i was like i'd rather go to the hair salon but I was like, I'd just rather wait to know I'm 100% sure because I don't want really to do something and then regret it. But it's like, that was like the only option. Like when I first got out of piece, I was like, that's just what happens. You, everyone just shaves their hair. But obviously like some people post it and say, I've decided not to do it. And it's just good to know, know that there's 
it's not just about being fully bold because obviously like I think it's great the fact that people still post when they're fully bold because it's important but then it's like the in-betweening it's like you might have like half of your hair or like and not have like the other half and so it's it's just like like awkward in between and it's like it'd be good if there's more out there for that because I'm wondering if say alopecia I'm wondering if there needs to be a new hashtag name. I like that. The, aw- the awkward in between yeah. <laughs> I'll start the trend. Maybe we need a new movement. No, but I say joking aside, I think one of the things that I think I found hard about my regrowth, which I don't we really touched upon this, is that it took me quite a while to adjust to having a bald head. It took me a while to adjust to the fact I've lost all my hair and my eyebrows and my eyelashes and then I remember um, I had my eyebrows um, tattooed or microbladed or whatever it is that I had done. I remember that gave me a little bit of confidence back. And I got used to looking a certain way. So I got used to being, you know, a, a the whole, you know, I, I, got, I, got, I embraced the whole bold and beautiful thing. I, I, I had that confidence to be myself and, and that be who I was. And that does have its kind of, I suppose, its own space, its own space on social media. It's almost its own brand in a way like it's a weird thing but there's a lot of awareness out there and I suppose then suddenly now I started getting this patchy regrowth and all of a sudden I didn't fit I didn't fit I didn't fit with mm. having no hair and I didn't fit with being able to style my hair and do anything you know really meaningful with it and so it is that awkward in between these mm. I think you're right and I think that might be a hashtag me when I might adopt it <laughs> As, you know kind of I'm obviously saying this a bit tongue-in-cheek but it's doing something I suppose to just as I say make sure that if there is people if there are people out there that are just needing that kind of like a bit of confidence around their own appearance just that knowledge that I suppose they know that they're not alone um, and as I say just from my own experience of being a patchy headed I think my hashtag but my my user handle is patchy headed girl I don't know whether at 38 I can consider myself a girl anymore. I'm probably more, <laughs> probably more patchy-headed old woman. But um, I suppose it's that, yeah, just, just that being able to connect with other people. And actually, I, you know, I've, I, that's what I've always found so helpful about the Alabucci UK events is even if it's literally just my eyes around the room and just glancing across and seeing other people like me, it's that thing of that, oh, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one that's what we always find so reassuring about like the peer support and stuff that 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 we we do and we've we've been involved with so i suppose there's 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 hopefully more that we can get involved with so i say i suppose all um different um stages of people's journeys with alopecia are represented because i do think that's important and i think we can do more on that definitely definitely um so just to sort of i guess round us off a little bit um i think it would be helpful for for people who are listening to maybe hear i know we've touched a little bit upon things that have helped us we've sort of mentioned some of the the peer support angles and stuff like that and that might be the main one that you still want to share but does anyone feel like they have anything in particular that if someone is coming along and listening to this for the first time um, any advice or tips that you can share with them that you feel has helped you get to a you know to share your stories like this um, you know with everyone is, is is a huge thing and and again thank you for for obviously doing doing that and, and joining us today um, so you know people feel like they can't always get to that step so you know is there anything particularly for you guys on your journey that you feel like has helped with that I don't know if anyone wants to kick us off 
I'll kick us off just by saying that the thing that um, I'd like people to know or people to hear, I suppose, if they were listening to this is to remember that feelings can change over, over time. And I think that's important. And the reason I say that is that I think it's too easy for us to almost like make these kind of big decisions for ourselves and think that those decisions have to stay. Whether that be things like, I want to wear a wig. I'm never going to wear a wig. I need to shave my head. I'm never going to shave my head. You know, the various things that we kind of like, you know, make these big decisions on and thinking that those decisions have to stand forever. You know, I don't like headscarves. I'll never know how to tie one. You know, all these, there's lots of different decisions that, that I think we feel we need to make as part of being somebody with alopecia. And I suppose I, I think they say if I, a bit looking back is I'm glad that I was, you know, I, I've, I've I've, changed, I've tried lots of things. I've had an open mind. I've not kind of, you know, early doors, I remember shutting myself off to, for instance, wigs. Wigs were an absolute no-go for me. And looking back, I still haven't, they're still not a big part of what I, how I um, kind of like manage my alopecia and what, I actually have some fun with them now. Like there are something that I can have, a, you know, a good relationship with. So I think for me, it's just the knowledge that Feelings do change over time and experiences change over time. So I just say to people, yeah, like almost keep your options open. Know that there's lots of different things that help. It's not one thing for one person. So by keeping an open mind, you open yourself up to lots of different things that might help. Does that help? I think something like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Neva Jenny, what about you? Is there anything in particular? I think also just doing stuff for yourself because I found... The first time around, obviously, I couldn't get my hair cut. You know, I couldn't get my eyebrows done, couldn't get my eyelashes done. I get my nails done every two weeks. And it's brilliant. You know, I love sitting there getting my nails done. And, you know, and I remember one of the stylists the other day I was speaking to her. She was an agency one, so she didn't know me. So we were chatting about it. And um, she said to me, what are you doing about it? And I instantly went, oh, I'm not going to the dermatologist. And She said, no, no, no. She went, what are you doing for you? And it really threw me because nobody outside of the hair loss community has ever said that to me. Mm. And that's always my biggest thing. Like, you know, whether it's going to get a coffee for yourself or getting your nails done or buying new clothes or doing whatever, <laughs> as long as like while you're going through it, you are losing part of your normal routine. Like while you've got hair, you're always going to go and get it cut or coloured or whatever. And if you lose that, it's kind of like, well, that's part of my self-care gone. So yeah. you replace it with something else, doing something that you want to do that makes you feel better. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Now, I think that there's a lot, definitely a lot of what you've said there that, that I resonate with. Neve, did, I'm just conscious I didn't ask you, is there anything in particular um, that you feel like with your journey has, has helped that you think may help anyone else? Like, just don't like, force yourself to accept it just give yourself the time because it's not going to happen overnight like it could take years yeah. for it to happen and like just like Amy said just don't like rush into any big decisions because at the end of the day like you might regret that just like give yourself time especially for like maybe like teenage girls it could it is like it does like can seem it's taking away your identity but it's like it's not your hair doesn't define you there's more to you than your hair like you have a personality like alopecia is not just like your life like it might be a part of it and like 
if I didn't have alopecia I'd find it weird <laughs> but you, you are a different person to alopecia yeah definitely so you yeah no very strong words and and yeah it is that whole thing of it this is just a little bit of who we are we are all very much more interesting than our hair loss um, as interesting as and as weird as the pattern on my head can be, <laughs> I am still more than my patches. Uh, that could be a hashtag as well. Yeah, I'm, convinced, <laughs> I'm convinced that out of this, I need to come up with some new hashtags <laughs> and get the the patchy side of hair loss trending in some yeah. way. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I think that, that that was really. I think we've some. I think we've all summed up different aspects there, which I think is quite nice. Because I think just to sum up, there's not one. Thing that is going to be the thing that works for everyone it's not that for one person it's the wig that helps or the headwear that helps or the peer support that helps or the just having it's it can be a combination or as I say it can be just different different strokes for different folks it's it's we're, we're all very different individuals that go through as I say like this we have this one thing in common but but as I say we, we don't all deal with it in the same way mm. um but yeah I hope that um that I think somebody listening can resonate with some of the things that we've said today. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. Um, I want to say a big thank you to all of you for, for, yeah, for joining me for obviously like sharing your stories. Uh, like Amy said, I'm hoping that anyone watching and listening, um, you know, takes something from this and um, hopefully, you know, some of our experiences and journeys like resonate with you guys as well. And um, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you.